Formula One. And I'm starting to feel like Formula One is like I don't understand. The greatest Formula One champion of all time. And, and Formula One is that it's like a traveling circus of Spain and a drone. Except I am from Formula Box and Pick and Firm, welcome to the Redefined F1 show, the show where we put American subtitles on the sport of Formula One. I am your host, Frederick Kernigan. With me, as always, Michael Timmerman, my co-host. How's it going? Uh, today, we are discussing and previewing the first American race, the Miami GP. Are you excited for it, Timmy? I am excited for this race. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm more excited for the fact that we don't have to wake up at the ass crack of dawn. So that too. That's 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 where my most of my excitement's from. <laughs> but before we get on to the Miami Grand Prix, we're gonna go over the award winners from the most previous weekend, which is the Imola GP. I'm not gonna call it its full name. That's too like I said in that episode, too many syllables, not enough time. So the Dale, the driver of the day for the Imola GP, Sebastian Vettel. And for the Peyton Manning or the highest IQ award, uh, it was voted by you guys for Red Bull racing team. Mark Sanchez, the meme of the weekend. Uh, I think this is the first time I've won. It is. Yeah. We got Sad Carlos. I think that's what won it for me. I think so, too. <laughs> and in the cool down room uh, format. And then for the Pete, uh, a little surprising to me, uh, Lewis Hamilton was the most voted for the worst driver of the weekend and our last award our big body award our winner was Valtteri Bottas for his overtake going into Ravazza and then uh just the rest of the weekend did pretty good before we move on to our storylines Timmy's gonna break down the track or uh, this brand new inaugural track for the Miami GP uh yeah so the brand new track in Miami uh, the whole circuit is uh, built around the Miami Dolphin Stadium or the Hard Rock Stadium. It is uh, 3.3 miles in length, 57 laps for this race, 19 turns on the circuits, three DRS zones, one down the main straight, one uh, between turns 10 and 11, and then the last one is on the long straight uh, from turn 16 to 17. Uh, obviously, no fastest laps as of right now because no one's ever raced on this track. And from the pictures and videos that have come out, looks to be good. I think the Red Bull team, the Red Bull drivers did simulations. Pierre Gasly said it's a lot of fun. Sergio Perez said it um, should be an exciting race because it's really fast down the straight from turn 16 to 17. You have really slow corners. So it's a challenge for the drivers to really optimize and uh, get as, or carry as much speed through those slow corners heading into the or the super long straight. I think it's cool that they they uh, fit in so many different DRS zones. They fit in three. Anytime there's a, a track with two, at least two DRS zones, I think it'll solve the problem of what Imola had, where um, if you weren't like on their ass after the first DRS zone, not even passing them, but like really, really close, and you have to hold that the whole lap around until you get back to that, and then you can use a DRS overtake. I think having three zones will solve that because now let's use Max and Charles, for example. If Max is behind, he has two other DRS zones to catch up before he makes his attack on like the third one or something. Yeah. And so I feel like 
even looking at layout, there isn't a lot of hard breaking zones, but it's so fast. I think it's going to work with the 2022 regulations. And so I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited. That's fair. And yeah, so the corners to be watching out for is turns 11 and 17. Those just happen to be the end of the DRS zone two and DRS zone three. You don't think one's going to be the first turn? Possibly, but I think uh, the article I read is saying that 17 and uh, 11 are going to be probably the most likely. No one really knows because no one's based on this track. So these are just like how experts, people way smarter and have more (laughs) knowledge than me is what they're expecting. And I'm just regurgitating what I saw. (laughs) I I think I see what they're talking about, though, because one doesn't seem like a super heartbreaking zone, but 17 and 11, those are... (laughs) <laughs> 17 is going to be a super heartbreaking zone because that main straight is yeah very it's very las vegas uh, yeah. vibes that's like a hairpin so oh wow that's actually really that's the last breaking zone of the lap actually so that'll be the last overtake spot so yeah this the circuit looks like a lot of fun actually i think talking about the the layout just segues right into our first storyline which is this is our first american race of the season this season, we only have two, but in the future, we're going to have three. Or if Liberty has it the way they want it, we'll have seven. But yeah. <laughs> um, I'm think... all for <laughs> seven American. <laughs> Just so I don't have to wake up at four in the morning to watch. <laughs> the only thing that disappointed me so far is just the quote-unquote Monaco uh, marina that they have being built. So for those of you who don't know or haven't seen, the renders of the uh, the layout of the track, they said, here, here's my homework. Don't copy right off of it. You don't want to get in trouble. And then they made what they made, which was this fake harbor with fake water and boats on trailers, basically. And it's just the eyesore, in my opinion. But that's that's me. That's my only negative thing so far. I don't know the information about these renders or these uh, like blueprint diagrams, but I feel like they're getting taken super like out of context. I don't, it's hard for me to believe that like when they're making this race, they're like, oh, we're 100% putting like real water, real boats, like a whole moat next to the circuit. And like the only thing that's going to be blocking uh, this small body of water from going onto this track is this like concrete wall that we're gonna have to take down because it's a street circuit people are like oh my gosh like they're planning on building a moat they didn't build the moat so these guys are terrible like so i was like i was like come on why have it but i think it looks cool (laughs) i think it looks like if you're gonna like i said in the beginning part if you're gonna do something do it right and do it all the way don't be like hey yeah Monaco is a pretty like famous track. What do they got? They got boats. Should we add boats? Yeah, let's add boats. I don't know what you expect from America. That is the most American thing that could be on our circuit. What do they do? Oh, they do that? Okay, let's do that. (laughs) We don't have enough time to do that. Uh, uh, Do something. I I don't know. This the the turn that they're at would be sick for like to have just more seats and so if they had just put like more grandstands there that no one would have blinked an eye but the fact that they were like yeah we're only going to put really expensive seats for the really like rich people to watch this like motorsport especially formula one 
has a accessibility issue. And so if you're trying to grow the sport in America, have more live seats available. Don't cut out a huge chunk just for the exuberant and the rich, if that makes sense. That's, that's my, like, <laughs> for, for the audio only listeners, Timmy's holding up the money fingers. This is what it's all about. <laughs> like it sucks and it hurts like a common normal fan accessibility but a common normal fan can't support the amount that one seat of like the people that go on that boat can for the sport yeah like if you want to if you want to grow in america you need the pockets you need the money and it sucks because then you you have to like kind of not really but kind of bend the knee to these like these richer more wealthier people when it's the common like the common people that like bring the sports popularity and that are super fans that are like really into it so it sucks i get what you're saying like i would love to have more common cheap seats for more people to get like get into it i get what you're saying i get what you're saying but yeah i i i get the frustration it sucks whenever money's involved in formula one the the quote that gets brought up is cash is king and that'll reign true to the the day the sport ends which hopefully it's never yeah but uh yeah, I that's my only gripe. I'm just for the people. I want the cheaper seats, especially because I'm thinking like, what if that race was in Oregon for whatever reason? And then I'm like, oh, I want to buy a ticket. Look at tickets. Okay. Okay. Why are there only a hundred like cheap tickets and like way more expensive tickets? But I don't know. But the, the last thing that I would say on the Miami GP and the fake harbor is I think it fits with the the culture of Miami because uh that's what I was that's what I was trying to say it's like well, that's so American like well, it's just it's, it's like let's do something nice it's not even, let's fake it out <laughs> like let's just it's not even that it's uh, not even the American but like you know how uh what's his name Dr. Miami the oh, plastic yeah. surgeon they're like we can make you look like you have it but you don't really have it that's the, that's the tracks bbl yeah <laughs> that's the tracks bbl <laughs> yeah so i think it i so far it, it's it is miami so yeah we'll see it's a good uh representation of Miami yeah. so far but uh on to our next uh storyline this is timmy's storyline so yeah uh so the next storyline is the mercedes are looking to bring some big quote-unquote big upgrades to help their porpoising issues Mm. i believe that if the upgrades work and it helps reduce the part their porpoising issues they will be immensely better especially on a track like this that is supposed to be very fast and that has a super long straight which lewis and george will if this doesn't help their problems will just be like the whole way down and 57 laps of that like they're going to be coming out of the cars holding their necks and uh, their lower backs and everything so that's the storyline that i'm saying that we you should be looking out for are the mercedes going to be performing better are there issues are they fixing the issues or are they way off and they just have no idea and like can't figure out this car and what's actually the main root of the problem. So we shall see how they do this week. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I don't want to give away my prediction just yet, but um, because it has to do with the Mercedes drivers, but 
the the upgrades that they're hoping to bring um i wonder like how we we talked about it was it australia or Emma? oh it was australia where um fernando got his upgrades and you 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 didn't know that they only brought the upgrades to the one car and so oh, that was to Emma. oh was it Emma? okay yeah. so i wonder if mercedes will be like that i'm pretty sure they will bring the upgrades to most likely lewis's car it'll be interesting to see if it does help because what if the upgrades do come to just hamilton and george still wins or beats him it, it'll be it'll be interesting Oh, all all the Twitter F one fans will be on him, just heating <laughs> him up. They'll have a field day. They'll Lewis Hamilton is kind of like F uh, one's Russell Westbrook on Twitter. Like any chance that people get, they're gonna like absolutely go all in on him. With, yeah, with like disrespecting him, the memes and uh, saying he's washed and all that. The stuff. there there are no harder working fans in Formula One than Lewis Hamilton fans after he's had a bad race. Oh. <laughs> I shall defend my king. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that is, that is very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I personally hope that uh, Mercedes, their upgrades do work because um, last year it was just Red Bull versus Mercedes, but in reality, it really was only Max versus Lewis and so to bring in a third team to like spice up a title battle I think that'd be sick that'd be that'd be 100 like no matter how good the 2021 season was you wouldn't complain if it was a four-way title fight a five-way or even like even a three-way title fight is better than two-way in my opinion so if Mercedes can start early on their upgrades and you know the early upgrades actually work and hit then Red Bull and Ferrari is like, oh crap. It's like we might get third party here. So um I'm for the sake of the championship, I'm hoping that the the upgrades work. Anything else you want to say on your your, your point? Nope. I could care less if this actually helps Mercedes or not. <laughs> Timmy's a Ferrari fan. We we can't forget. <laughs> we mustn't forget. Um, okay, I guess we're just straight on to, to my uh, third storyline. It isn't too crazy because the article I just read, like, squashed it. But last week or going into the weekend, this, the major story was both Formula One race directors caught COVID. And Formula One actually took out their, their uh, mandatory testing. But to get into some countries, you still need a negative test. Both race directors in uh, Niels Wittich and Eduardo Freitas, they both caught COVID. Um, so far, uh, Wittich has been the race director for the first four races. Uh, I think this is the first one that Eduardo was supposed to take over, but, you know, they both caught the Rona. Uh, however, going into the weekend, I think it was like Friday or Saturday, um, Niels Wittich uh, tested negative. So, you know, you can calm down all the people who thought Michael Massey was going to come back. He still doesn't have a job. <laughs> he, he, Why not? They're like, no, no, Michael, no. We Please. got someone else. Uh, in fact, the um, the name that was being brought up to be the, I guess, stand-in or substitute race director for Miami was the Formula E race director. But we don't have to worry about that anymore because Woodage tested negative. So 
Yeah, yeah. That's those those are our three storylines. Are it's the first race in America, first race for Miami. Timmy uh, brought to like the Mercedes upgrades, hopefully to fix their porpoising. And then mine being the, or that both race directors caught COVID. However, one of them is now negative. Uh, On to our last segment for our preview episodes. We're going to go ahead and hit them with the three piece predictions. I'll go with my first one. Both McLarens make Q3. Dan, you and McLarens, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I don't know if you're a believer or you're a doubter because you keep predicting them to make Q3. Uh, I don't know. I Because didn't Ricardo not make Q3 last race? I think he did. Oh, no, no, he did. And then... Uh, with the rain, he with, did. Yeah, with the rain. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. I just... I think both McLaren's are going to make Q3. And if Daniel Ricardo lets me down, I'm never going to make a prediction for McLaren again. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so for my first prediction, what I'm really hoping for is sad Carlos to turn into happy Carlos because <laughs> I miss happy Carlos. Uh, I'm, I'm predicting that Carlos is going to bounce back since there's no gravel on the track. So there's no, there's no way that he gets stuck out there. Uh, he's going to make podium for the race. I w- I'm going to laugh my ass off if he somehow finds a way to get stuck. If he... If... <laughs> If he gets in the boat dock, <laughs> I'll be real upset. That's fine. If he goes splashing into the fake water, I'll be real mad. That's funny. My my second uh, prediction uh, has to deal with stuff that we talked about earlier. I think George beats Lewis regardless of the upgrades. So... Um, don't mean to worry you Lewis Hamilton fans, but I don't think uh, his rainy day is going to end in Miami. I think it's going to, I think it's going to continue for a little longer. I, I, I agree with that. I think Lewis struggles are going to continue for a couple more races. Yeah. Uh, and mm, I feel like I should have, I should be specific because I, I think it's going to bite me in the ass. Or uh, I'm saying beats Hamilton in the race. But uh, now that I've said that, I feel like George is going to out-qualify him and then Lewis is going to take him in the race just to, yeah. out of spite. But it's your you know, prediction. Whatever, whatever <laughs> terms and conditions no, you want to do. Yeah, we'll, we'll do George beats Lewis in the race. All right. Nice. <laughs> it is now out in the world. <laughs> can't take it back. So for my second prediction... I believe Nicholas Schumacher is going to get into Q3. I'm all for this one. I, I'm, I'm hoping you hit on this one. The reason why I have faith in this one is because in uh, Saudi Arabia, he was putting together, he had the possibility and chance to make Q3 if he didn't make a mistake and go into the wall. But I believe that now he will be able to do it on a fast street circuit once again get into the, q3 and this one isn't as like i guess what's the correct word i'm looking for treacherous as uh saudi arabia because um we have fans and like drivers who said that that that's a very scary track yes this track seems fast but not as like scary as saudi arabia but who am i to say i've never driven an f1 car in my life <laughs> unless we're talking about the game 
doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you know this 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 one. Um, my last prediction would be that Bottas makes points. I'm I'm still 100% on board the Bottas revenge tour, so I'm hoping he scores at least P5 and above. But I would be happy with any points at this point. This is uh, Fred's weekly softball off the tee prediction. <laughs> Bottas hasn't he's missed out of the points in like one race this year, I think. Hey, listen, he missed out still. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for my third prediction, I believe that there is going to be at least one DNF engine-related problem during the race. It's We're in Miami. It's very humid. Very humid. Temperatures about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I, I think that's 20 Celsius. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. We're not even going to try to convert. We're going to go with the correct unit of measurement. <laughs> Fahrenheit. I don't sign my name on that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if we're going to be American imperialists, we got to be it for all of them, right? <laughs> if you want seven F1 tracks in America, you're going to have to be all for the Fahrenheit and all for Whoa, the- whoa, 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 whoa. Just because I want seven American <laughs> tracks doesn't mean that I think our measuring system's better than 10, 100, 1,000, like- I'm a logical man. Fahrenheit makes no sense. <laughs> our, our, measure, our measurements make absolutely no sense. Like, I, love, why... I like how I liked how the Europeans and literally everyone else in the whole world has done the measurements of keeping it simple. I think it's us and one other country that use our measuring system. Yeah, one other country that we somehow persuade into believing that a foot's 12 inches, like whatever that means. <laughs> We just bullied that country into yeah. agreeing with us. We just over, yeah, we probably we probably colonized them, and that's why like, <laughs> this is how you measure things. Yeah, don't listen to them. This is how you do it. But uh, I was thinking that I was thinking going bold and saying Max has another engine failure and does not finish because of like the heat. I felt like he's gonna overheat. But I went real bold last week, so I'm kind of taking a step back and just being like, all right, at least one. Yeah, that's fair. One of these engines has got to overheat, right? I do think your thought process, though, is in the, the pointing in the right direction. Because if if I had to make the same prediction that you just said, the one engine-related DNF, I think it would be one of the Red Bull-powered cars, just because going off of history, um, you had, what is it, Max two times, Checo once. Once. Yuki once and Pierre once. once yeah. So five, you know, five engines, whereas Mercedes has only had Daniel Ricardo. That's McLaren. No, but it's still it's still a Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes and, engine. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. yeah. It I think it's only Ricardo that's had an engine thing. I could be wrong though, because Bottas is a Ferrari, which happened the same race, and Fernando is the Renault engine. They're yeah. the only team that has. So I think you know, five versus the three individual cases, I do think uh, your thought process is in the right direction. So maybe and all these of... engine failures happen on hot, in a warm, uh, in Climates. Saudi Arabia, you had the three with Bottas, Daniel, and uh, Alonso. Fernando. And then Max was in Bahrain, and then again in Australia, which yeah. was a warm day for yeah. both of those. 
closing question before we end the podcast. It being in Miami, which of the Miami American Miami professional teams do you support the most and do you hate on the most? I support the Miami Dolphins the most simply because they have not caused me any pain. (laughs) And their jerseys are the best jerseys in Miami. Mm -hmm. The Marlins haven't caused me pain. It's the heat that I was talking about that caused me pain. Uh, But I think the team that I hate most in Miami is... It's hard to say, like... I dislike Miami when LeBron was there beating up on my Chicago Bulls with Derrick Rose. (laughs) But Jimmy Butler's there now who's on the Bulls and they're a likable, like, well-oiled team. Yeah, so it's like I – that's what I like in basketball. It's like I like a whole team. Obviously, it's fun to watch the superstars do their thing. But they – and I've always liked their coach. So it's hard to say that they're, like, the team I hate the most but like how can you hate on the Marlins like they're just so they're so sad so process of elimination I feel more bad for the Marlins and I hate them and so for a small period of time I did hate the Miami Heat so I'd say they're probably the team I hate the most or dislike the most same answers different reasoning um I support the Dolphins the most out of any Miami professional team purely because, like you said, they have the sauciest jerseys in Miami. I think they have the sauciest – they have the second nicest jerseys in all of NFL. Slight bias goes to the Chargers. But uh, so that's a reason why. And I also – I hate bullies. And the Patriots were bullying the Dolphins for so (laughs) long. So anytime the Dolphins beat the Patriots, I – I feel joy. That's the same joy that I feel like watching like a YouTube video and like um, bully gets a taste of his own medicine. That is, you should just throw on Miami beating Patriots highlights on there. So that's why I support the Dolphins. And then as for me, quote unquote, hating the heat, it's the opposite of the Dolphins reasoning. So their jerseys are pink and blue ones that everyone absolutely like. There's like, you know how you're saying, uh, me and you agree. They're common candy ones. Yeah, we, you and I agree. But there are people who absolutely love that jersey and say that's the nicest jersey in all of sports. I liked it when it first came out. And the more, and then I watched a game on that court. And disgusting. I'm like, I hate this. Disgusting. I hate this. Absolutely disgusting. It's I, I'm just the, too much. I was the same way. I was like, oh, that, that's a cool design, like cool concept. Most teams would never dare to do that. And I'm um, like, the second time I seen it, I was like, that's why teams don't dare to do it because it looks like crap. <laughs> so, Purely off of the fact that some of their fans believe that that jersey is the nicest in not only basketball, but in all of sports. And then even their new jerseys are patchwork jerseys with the different like letters and stuff. I think that's that's mid, if we're being honest. But uh, oh, I, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's it's, it's it's not like I hate the team because I agree with you. I like a, when it comes to basketball teams, I would much prefer to see a well-oiled team like the the spurs that beat the heat or the um the mavs that also beat the heat <laughs> <laughs> but like that that team I, I i like the way they're made up and like you said uh uh coach bolstra is a good coach so it's literally just their fans and the jerseys that i hate on yeah that's fair. but uh that's it for our miami gp preview tune back in next week as we try to review them and go over our three piece predictions and also talk about the highlights of the race 
Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube. Um, follow us on all social medias. We have an Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also catch us on all of your podcasting platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts. Uh, just last thing, today we are recording on the anniversary of oh, yes. uh, Senna passing away. So to represent him, I wore a shirt. You can't see this if you're streaming. Or actually, you can. Spotify has a new update where you can watch the videos now. I see that. Like, but... Which is crazy. So yeah. if you're on Spotify, you're also watching us. Yeah. But wearing a Legends Never Die from the Sandlot to pay tribute to Senna uh, that man has done so much for the sport of formula one and everyone has a or he has a special heart and a lot of fans so yeah. just want to pay tribute and give our respects to him and his family uh, if you want to comment down what your favorite Senna moment is feel free to do that and yep. let us know. so you know end off on Timmy's point I did not wear Legends Never Die I wore a pink jersey for Miami but uh yeah Senna, gone but never forgotten. With all that being said, it's easy. Explain the difference. Yeah, Formula One is, is the pinnacle of motorsport.